hey everybody, I think I like that part of the body room temperature at best. Welcome to Responding <laughs> Fire to the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming at Podcast. best, as if there's a different, more desirable temperature. <laughs> you said hot? I think room temperature is fine. Um, Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast from Alpha Video. Someone your host, Adam. He likes the body part, room temperature gumbert. And today we have with us Chad. He likes it hot. Michael Ennis. <laughs> Ooh, spicy. So you didn't know what kind of hot I meant. Maybe you put some pepper in there. That's mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also, Alex. He likes it cold, Cozina. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it cold. I love a cold, refreshing Arizona iced tea, straight from the fridge. I yep. love how like what was it last week or was it the barf episode? It was one of the <laughs> where we start out the episode and Alex is like the Goldilocks mouth, and now we're talking about yeah, another mysterious right. body part that the audience will never know about. There's all these in jokes. It's crazy. Catch us live on Twitch.tv. Well, go ahead, Alex. What were you saying? I was, I was just going to say, what could it be? It's a mystery. Vagina. Twitch.tv slash idiots. <laughs> Sunday evenings at 8.30 Eastern. YouTube podcast services. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Today, we're going to talk about all the showcases that people have been showing games. We're going to talk about all of them. Not Ubisoft and Capcom, because they did it later nope. than we record. Yep. Uh, but all the other ones. We're here for it. Um. So I guess we're here, guys. Yep. <laughs> I think we're starting with Summer, uh, Summer Game Fest, because that was the one that happened first. That was the big one. So what I decided to do for this whole today's show, I was like, I don't want to just like read down a list of everything that was announced, because like that's cool, but if you want to know that information, you can find it. So I put out to the other host, I was like, hey, what was interesting to you? And we'll talk about the things that are actually interesting and we care about, instead of just talking about a list that no one gives a shit about. So I thought that was the best way to do it. So again, things that we found interesting at each of the, the big showcases. We've got Summer Game Fest, we've got Xbox, and then we have another category for the other shows, you know, aka Devolver, Wholesome, yada, yada, yada. So we're sorry, Summer Game Fest. And I guess Chad goes first because Chad just had the biggest list. I, I said, got, bring, bring some games. And he's like, how about all of them? I just got everything. <laughs> no, I, I was actually surprised going down the list because watching Summer Game Fest with Jeff Keeley, I was like, you know what? I wasn't super jazzed by a lot of this stuff. But then, like, going back and looking at the recap of the breakdown of every single thing, I was like, you know what? You know what? I think there was a lot in here to like. Let um, me yeah, go ask Alex. you a question real quick, Chad. Are these all games slash experiences that you actually want to play slash experience? Or are these all things that you want to talk about that you think are worthy of commendation, but you don't think you're actually going to bother with? I would say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I would say eight out of the nine of these are things that I'm interested in actually playing. Wow. And or consuming because they're not all games. Wow. One the, of the them. Disrespect for Spider-Man 2. Here's the kicker, a masked Keaton in the chat. What's up, first time chatter? It's not Sea of Thieves or Monkey Island crossover. Oh, not because that was in the Xbox conference, just because I have no interest. But let's start with uh, two things: Final Fantasy VII related. We finally got our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, like actual look at the game, and uh, it's coming next year, so early 2024. So I definitely lose out on that on the. Um, fantasy league thing because i think oh, i are doing that. very bad in that fantasy league yeah very yeah bad. very bad very bad but um i was really really excited to see that it looked more open world than i they have not mentioned that it's open world but it looked like these environments were vast and that you could kind of explore them a lot more than you could in the final fantasy 7 remake which was very much like narrow corridors wall uh rooms and, and things like that 
Um, so that looks exciting. Th there's not much to say other than like we saw a bunch of cool shit. We saw a bunch of cool Sephiroth cinematics. It just looks it just looks so good. Uh, and on that same thing, we learned a little bit more about Ever Crisis, which is they when they announced this a couple years ago, they announced this as like the mobile version of everything Final Fantasy VII. Like you're going to be able to play. It's it's the same kind of like chibi art style uh, for most of it. It looks like as like Final Fantasy VII was like an updated version of it, like the original Final Fantasy VII. But you're going to be ex able to experience all of the story of everything Final Fantasy VII related in this new reimagined kind of way on mobile but we saw a little bit more about that we're going to learn that there's going to be new story content focusing on like the origin of soldier and figuring out how sephiroth came to be which is going to be kind of cool and fucking android gets a beta on july 6 no mention of ios getting a beta or any kind of release date but uh yeah that looks really cool and it's sparking me to start i i think i've decided after we finish axiom verge i am going to start final fantasy 7 remaster like the oh, old gee. ps1 right one with the with the trophies um so i can play that and final fantasy crisis uh crisis core remastered before rebirth and this ever crisis come out it's because it's been so long like literally the last time i played that game it was on a on my ps1 with the lcd screen that flips up and it was a disc and like some of the dungeons didn't work because the second disc had a scratch on it but mm. i'm pumped i'm very pumped I don't see myself delving into Ever Crisis, but Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for sure. And I think I might even join you in playing through the remastered version of the original Final Fantasy VII. Because it seems like things are diverging quite considerably from the original Final Fantasy VII narrative at this point. Initially, I was hesitant to play the original PlayStation 1 version because I was like, I don't want to spoil myself to what's next. So much of what I experienced in Midgar for the first time with Remake was like genuinely fresh for me. Um, but if we're getting a pretty substantially different experience with Rebirth, I figure I might as well do that as well. Uh, but yeah, Ever Crisis. It's going to be, it's a pretty hard sell for me on that one. I don't think I'm going to touch it. Yeah, I'll, it'll honestly be one of those things that like, unless it is incredibly well optimized for mobile and I actually want to play it and like something like Marvel Snap or, or like, obviously it's not a card game, but something that is like made from the ground up to be on mobile and not just like a port of a final of like a regular Final Fantasy experience, then I probably will play it. Um, Something that I, here's, here's a question that I have. Sonic Superstars. This is the one mm -hmm. that I most likely am not going to play. But Sonic Superstars got announced. And it's like old school classic Sonic design with updated graphics and things like that. And four players. You can finally play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy all in the same thing at the same time. I've played so many Sonic 2D platforming games in my life. It is almost exclusively what I owned on the Sega Game Gear. And I don't know how to play them because I see these trailers for them and I see people playing them. They look like so much fun and they're just like jumping from thing to thing and doing cool spins. Blah. blah. And my experience playing all of these games is always I have no idea what's coming next. And I run into spikes or enemies and things are terrible and I walk really slow and I never get to do the cool stunts and stuff. Are you supposed to play Sonic multiple times? Like, is that the way people play this game? Is that you sit there, you play it once, you learn the maps, and then you, like, see how many cool times, cool things you can do on that map and how fast you can beat it? Like, do you replay it like that? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> it 
I don't know. It what just I, I will I say. It, yeah, it just seems I, like they're playing it so much more, with so much more finesse, and like they can see what's coming, and they know the map so much better than I ever would, and it looks more fun when they play it, but I don't ever get that enjoyment out of it. I, I will say... more of a 3D... Go ahead. Well, yeah, my bad. I was more of a... I haven't played a ton of Sonic. I've played enough of them. I preferred the 3D ones and then Mania, but I don't know how you're supposed to play 2D Sonic, to be honest with you. I don't know. I will I say, three hours and put them down this game is one of the games that people have been able to go hands-on with uh, over the course of the past few days. And preview impressions are actually very positive for this game. Across the board, I was seeing so many people be like, hey, this game really works. It's a lot of fun. So, I mean, it has that going for it, at least. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of things it has going for it, did you see the studio who's making it? It's I heard studio who did Balan Wonder Wonderlands. <laughs> yeah. But the co creator or the co founder of that studio is one of the co creators of Sonic the Hedgehog. So he's who's now in yeah. jail. He's in jail? Yeah, one of those he Sonic was guys is in jail. Yeah. He for, was touching, arrested. for touching hedgehogs. Uh, I mean, it may have been that in addition to the insider trading stuff that he was accused oh. of, he was arrested twice which is maybe news that you've heard of over the past year. And now they officially announced, yeah, you're off to the big house. Dope, dope, dope. We, I, we don't need to talk about Spider-Man 2, but we just it got a release date October 20th. Dope, coming pretty soon. Also, we saw that we're fighting Venom. They said it's not Eddie Brock. And I thought maybe they'll go away that like Spider Peter Parker just becomes so overcome by it that he becomes Venom and you have to fight him as Miles Morales. And then they showed a screenshot with both Spider-Man and Venom in the middle. I was like, oh, okay, there goes that theory. Um, I feel like that that could be intentionally misleading, though. Like if the if the folks over at Naughty Dog could like spoof entire trailers to make you think that Joel is like in most of the last of us part two (laughs) spoiler alert certainly they can do the same thing here i Uh, I mean it's just about that it's just not going to be eddie brock it's either going to be harry or craven yeah that's what it's going to be which is still cool that's different or venom doesn't have somebody inside of it it's just (gasps) yeah oh or it's eddie or it's uh (laughs) michael rochester over at the pot shop (laughs) Or it's actually Tom Hardy, not the actor. There's a man named Tom Hardy that's inside <laughs> yeah. of that Venom suit. And it's he's a very goofy. H-A-R-D-E-E. And he's the founder of that burger chain. And <laughs> it's Hardy. this multifaceted operation where he's trying to take over Tom Hardy, not just so that he can become Venom, but also so that he can take over the burger chain corporation. It's, also, it's not called Venom in this game. It's called Carl's Jr. And that's why Hardy's and Carl's Jr. are the same thing. They're just the different personalities, the symbiote that's versus only on Tom the West Coast. Hardy. That's only on the West Coast where they call him that. Yeah. It, it does the thing where like, like the, you see like the word Venom in 2D and then it flips to 3D and you realize that it actually spells out Carl's Carl Jr. <laughs> in like 3D letters. But when you flip it back to 2D, it spells Venom. And it's like, oh my God, it was, it was in front of us all along. You can shoot Pokemon in Pal World. How about this game? This game. What? Uh, I I Here's am unironically saying that I think this might be what I actually have wanted from Pokemon for the last 10 years. What's shocking to me about this game is like, I've known about this game for a while. 
it's surprising to me that this game is getting shown off at like Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest. I always thought of this game as like the weird game that gets circulated on Twitter every now and then because someone discovers it uploaded to like some obscure YouTube channel you've never heard of. But like the fact that Jeff Keighley was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm putting this like upfront side by side with your Final Fantasy VII Rebirths, your Twisted Metals, your Lies, Lies of P is like pretty surprising to me yeah especially here's why here's why it's so surprising to me because it is such a blatant ripoff like all of the monsters shown were so incredibly inspired by pokemon designs the pokeball is a ripoff like everything's there except for they also have like gatling guns and stuff like that but it looks like the 3d exploration pokemon type game that i really really want pokemon and uh Excuse me, I just burped up a little bit, and it is... Ooh, there's some stuff in there. Uh, Game Freak to make, but Pal World's actually making it. So, yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's it's like if if the rip-off, like, parody version got the spotlight when when the original yeah. should have. But, yeah, it's it's weird. I The only bad thing about this game is that it, uh, I think I looked it up, and it's PC and Xbox exclusive. So, 0 out of 10. Yeah, if only I think you had about one it. of those... Now I do. That I think about it. I, I feel like Jeff Keighley does have a weird legacy of showing off weird knockoff Pokemon games on these showcases. Because a couple of years ago, he also showed off that other game that was like a Korean, like Pokemon inspired MMO game, where it was like a bunch of people like dancing around and stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and it was super colorful and and, and, and everybody. No, Doki. Do that's yep. it. That's Is it. it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Chad, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna commandeer your list okay. since Alex said the Alex said the faded words. You got to talk about this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What before I talk about it? What are y'all's thoughts on this twisted metal trailer that we got with Anthony Mackie and well, I'm glad Joe It's Bluth. all in one day, so we can ignore it after the day that it drops. <laughs> right. Holy shit, it looks bad. Oh, it looks yeah. good for a laugh. Don't have much else to say, to be honest. It's like that trailer to the point where like I don't. I don't even want to spend the what is it five ninety nine for a month of Peacock to subscribe to watch it all in one day. Like that's six dollars is too much for that show for me. Like I even get Peacock the ad supported version through Comcast because I have Comcast. Like it's included and I still don't want to watch it. I probably freaking will. Weird. And again, cast is crazy. Like the fact that Anthony Mackie, the voice of Will Arnett and the body of Samoa Joe, are sharing a scene. Is pretty wild, but it's like <laughs> I don't. We still haven't seen any car stuff. It's right. gonna be awful, but I want to watch it. I hope it only takes like three hours to watch because I want to watch how bad it is. Yeah, with you. gross. Uh, a couple other quick things. There was there was a a trailer that started with freaking bionic robot ryu from street fighter and i was like what the hell game is this what is street fighter 6 and then there were dinosaurs it was like why am i why am i seeing this about street fighter 6 for the first time right now and then it was an exoprimal street fighter crossover and this is the only street fighter game that i've ever wanted to play <laughs> was this exoprimal cross like how freaking cool is it that you're playing as these street fighter people that are like freaking cyborgs fighting dinosaurs that's the coolest shit that you could any if you tell a three-year-old that they will hit puberty early and jizz for the first time <laughs> i gotta play this game i right have now. to play this they'll be like oh my god this is so cool like 
that's it looks so good to me i'm never going capcom. to buy either of those games but man yeah. i want to play both of those together capcom has a really fun tradition of mixing I, because remember like monster hunters are also like there's mega man and there's the the jill valentine and um ryu is all in, in monster hunter i'm like why but uh <laughs> they have fun with exo primal i don't i still don't think it looks that interesting but it's free for me so am i gonna play this maybe uh, mediocre dinosaur game okay I don't know. Maybe I can be Ryu and can kill you, dinosaurs. So it's so I'm assuming when you say free, I mean that's Game Pass, right? I know it's on Game Pass. I feel like it might be on other services, but, okay, your own, okay. but I know for sure it's definitely on Game Pass. I wonder Pass. if the crossover is part of the free, or whether that's you have to buy DLC for that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I'm going to mention the last one on my list here first. Under the waves. I first of all, this looks like atmospheric. You're kind of there talking to yourself. It's story based. It, it is a Quantic Dream game. Well, Parallel Studio, which is like I guess a subsidiary or like offshoot of Quantic Dream, so it it comes with its own baggage. But it's coming out August 29th, and it looks right up my alley. I am a big fan of those types of games. They're like walking simulator esque, like you're doing shit, but you're just like exploring, narrative driven, like all this kind of atmospheric, cool music. Um, so I'm into that game. I'm into it a lot. It'll be cool. Under the sea. And finally, the last one on my list here from uh, Summer Game Fest. I saw you've been playing this, Adam. Lies of P. Mm. Yeah. I played that demo. Who would have fucking thought that we would get such a badass Pinocchio game in 2023? Like I had so much fun with this demo. I got all the way to the first boss. I know you can play three bosses in this in the demo, but I got to the first boss and was just like, it is it is exactly Bloodborne. It is a Souls game. It is Bloodborne with creepy fucking puppets, and the whole world like the puppet factory has like gotten out of control and puppets have taken over the town and all. And it's just, it is this like. 40s or 50 london era looks like bloodborne and you're just fucking cool puppets killing pu and it's so it's so cool i'm i'm very stoked for this game now september 19th based yeah, on cool. what the two of you played in the demo of this game like how much in the forefront is the story in this game if at all because watching that trailer the one thing that stood out to me is lots of like main cast characters on display that seem like they'll play like a pretty significant part in the proceedings. Plus you have the cricket, not Jiminy cricket, cause that's owned by Disney. Who's, you know, saying all sorts of cool little wisecracks and witticisms and seemingly playing a much bigger part in the story than you would typically have in any of these Soulsborne or Soulsborne inspired games. Was it a little bit more story centric than those games or is it actually, does it actually hew very closely to from software's design? So, I mean, you, there's this narration going from this like butterfly fairy thing at the beginning, whose name I forget. And then you, you do stumble across, I think they call it Gemini cricket or Gemini or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's very close, but it's not Gemini. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you're so the whole time you're getting this voiceover narration from the butterfly fairy thing as you go. But the 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 story is there if you are looking for it. Like you get a little bit of the story from the narration, but also as you like as you're approaching the first boss battle, there's like a an, a sign you can interact with off to the left that's like introducing this first puppet and it's enormous and it can carry six men on its shoulders and we're here at the circus blah blah and it's like so it introduces you to like 
this is why this puppet exists and why it looks like this. And then you get in there and it's gone rogue and there's this you're fucking fighting it and has this basket on its back. And it's it's just so like, yeah, the story is there in a way that like you don't have to dig into item descriptions to find it. You can come across things naturally in the world that kind of build on it a little bit. So yeah, very intrigued by that game. September 19th, y'all. Ooh, so good. Very mm. good. I would definitely suggest everyone play the demo of Bloodborne Pinocchio sounds good to you. Because yeah. it it's very good. It's it's excellent. So all right. Um I guess we can move on to somebody else. I guess we'll move on to Cozy because your name is at the top. Yeah. So obviously a, a lot of the games that Chad chatted about that was very hard to say by the way <laughs> a lot of the games that chat chatted chat. about were games that obviously i had varying degrees of interest with as well two games he did not talk about are first off uh the first game that was shown off at this showcase and one that kicked it off uh prince of persia the lost crown um this is a game that is coming from the same uh hold on you're burping up you stuff too, one right? of those, yeah. <laughs> You ever get one of those phantom burps where you think you're about to burp and then nothing comes up? Yeah, and then you shake yourself you instead. instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, coming from the same team that previously worked on the Rayman games over at ye old Ubisoft. And let me tell you, this game looked pretty fun. Love the soundtrack. Love the fact that apparently it's somewhat Metroidvania-inspired. Prince of Persia is not a franchise that I have a ton of experience with, but I definitely have my eyes on this game i don't know if it did anything for either of you i'll be honest oh, i started the conference like three minutes late and i guess i missed this entire reveal you missed it it's yeah. the first thing yeah no i think it looks awesome as hell dude like prince of persia metroidvania 2d like going back to the classic style i was all about it i was shocked to see that it was getting so much hate on youtube and stuff like a lot of dislikes i'm like really i think it looks a hundred times better than the remake that they're gonna make in 10 Ugh. years Right. Um, I think it looks dope. I'm I'm in for it. So, and cool I also wanted to tip my hat to Alan Wake Two. Now, the original Alan Wake, not a game that I played, but as I've talked about on this podcast in the past, played and had a ton of fun with Control. Platinum the PlayStation Four version of the game earlier this year, and so I'm definitely excited to return to that sort of wider expanded universe, even if. The amount of connections to control in it are relatively tenuous. Uh, what I've been reading up online is like the game obviously has like a lot of like actiony elements to it, but apparently a lot of it will involve like solving mysteries, assembling clues, doing kind of more cerebral on the grounds investigative work. And I am definitely all for that over just sort of pure gameplay, which is I feel like the vibe that I more got from the trailer. Uh, and so yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite game from Summer Game Fest, uh, without a doubt. Holy shit. I've been reading, or not reading, I don't read, I'm not a nerd. been watching all the videos <laughs> <laughs> on people, like, playing the demos and going through stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's like there's two parts. There's Alan Wake, where it's just straight up, like, survival horror, survival, survival horror, as in, like, <laughs> Evil Within, Whole School Resident Evil, that kind of a stuff. <sighs> and then Excuse you play me. a saga, and it's, like, true detective like, you know, I'm a normal person and this world is weird and there's cultists and what's going on. And then you play these two different sides of the game. You can switch it anytime you want. Like, there's not, maybe there's a way specifically that you're supposed to do it. They're like, no, you can play all of Alan Wake's part and then play all of Saga's part. Um, and I guess playing Saga catches you up on what's happening in the story in case you haven't played in a while. But it looks it looks amazing. It looks it looks like a, like a current gen game. And I'm like, oh man, 
just turning Alan Wake into Resident Evil is like a big win. Like I feel like that's gonna work because like Chad is a hater and doesn't have good taste, but he didn't like the first game. He's gotta. He's like. He's gotta care. The second one. They gotta care one percent about the writing. <laughs> it was. They do. Terribly he's a written, writer. Terribly acted. Voice acted. Wrong. Incorrect. Awful. Uh, but no, this game looks amazing. This is like we have ten times more budget to do this weird thing yeah. that we want to do, and it looks cool. Uh, all right, and then I'll go on to my things. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 had a lot of gameplay. There's a lot of stuff coming out about that. Um, you know, not to get too much into it, but basically they've reset the timeline, reset so all the characters are, like, similar but completely different. Like, uh, Raiden's not a god anymore. He's just a dude who's got electrical powers. Liu Kang is, is god now. Um, and they're just talking about all the, all the gameplay stuff, and it's like, they this game is a complete reboot of, like, what Mortal Kombat is, like, story-wise and mechanic-wise. Yeah. Like, it's got the assist, the cameo stuff, so you have, like, assist fighters. You can do air... Sh- like, apparently, it's like, this game... They're like, this game is amazing. Like, we're gonna... You know, everyone's loving Street Fighter, and they're like, yo, Mortal Kombat is also, like, the new version of Mortal Kombat that, that like, Street Fighter Six was the new version of Street Fighter. And everyone, every review and um, preview I read about it is like, no, it's fucking awesome. Like, it's going to be amazing. So, uh, dude, I'm in for that. I love it. Again, I'll play the story mode and have a good time because they always they always kill it there. This was one that I... So here's uh, here's what I did to watch this game conference. In the middle of a freaking work day, Jeff Keighley, uh, I put it on at work in a conference room. <laughs> and when it showed Mortal Kombat 1 stuff, I'm like, I'm going to take that and put it on my computer and watch this because that's definitely going to be inappropriate. All these murders and gruesome deaths and finishers. And then the rest of it, I was like, oh, let me put that back up on the screen now. What is, very what cool. is Banishers? Why did I not remember Banishers? Banishers. So Banishers is, by the way, uh, Keaton brought it up in the uh, in the chat, and I will speak to it about how that control and Alan Waker connected. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very specific mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we remember, because we played Quantum Break as a barf game, like the all the remedy versus all connected. So I think it's yeah. really cool that we're getting all that stuff together. It's really neat. Yeah. No banishers. Uh, no, go ahead, Alex. Uh, I, I was just reiterating what you're saying. Like, yeah, there's a lot of crossover content, particularly in the second of the two control DLCs where they get like really in the weeds of going over Alan Wake related events. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a huge reason why I'm excited for it. Yeah, very cool. All right. So Banishers is a game by Don't Nod, who are the folks who made the first um, Life is Strange games. This is a Don't Nod um, game. This looks so good. <laughs> yeah, they also made is Vampire. This... This is different from the game that they showed off in the Xbox showcase, yes. correct? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I tweeted about this during the Xbox showcase, but it feels like Don't Not is working on like 50 different games right now. And all action like have, games, yeah. which is weird. And they, and they all look like simultaneously pretty good, but they also all look like if you took PlayStation 2 era games and were like, what if you made it today? Made it look prettier, yeah. But Banishers was the one I think we saw it at Game Awards, where it's like the guy with like the like the hunter guy, um, and he has like his ghost girlfriend with him, and you're just like going through the world and like doing solving ghost crimes or whatever, fighting ghosts. Um, and yeah, I think it's really cool. I, when the, the first one at, um, I'm pretty sure it was the Game Awards. I was like, that looks all right. That could be interesting. Don't nod, you know. Again, they make Life is Strange. I don't know they're going to do with an action game. But this trailer they showed at Summer Game Fest, I was like, I don't know. This Banisher games look pretty cool. So I don't know what it'll turn out to be. But the idea of being a dude and his ghost girlfriend, like, hunting down and killing 
demons and, and ghosts and stuff sounds pretty cool to me. They also they also revealed uh, that game that no one's ever been able to say correctly. Jusant, Jusant, Jusant. Whatever that game is Usant. from the Xbox one, that's a, that's a Don't Nod game as well. Also, Don't Nod. Don't Nod is just... Yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, but then my last one is just... I'm going to shout out as much as I want to. Nobody can stop me. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 had a little trailer where they showed Jason Isaacs, you know, a.k.a. Lucius Malfoy, was going to be in the game um, as one of the big bad guys. And I just want to remind everybody, this voice cast is amazing. Uh, again, Lucius Malfoy, J.K. Simmons... Um, What's his name? Matt Mercer from Critical Role? Just like all the great voice talent. My sister once met the uh, actor that portrayed Lucius Malfoy at, I want to say, Comic-Con or something. Yeah. What's funny thing about him, in that second movie, he really, he threatens to kill a child on Hogwarts grounds. Just like a big heads up. Like Dobby saves him, but he's like, he was going to like do the curse to kill Harry Potter, a nine-year-old child Mm -hmm. on school grounds. Yeah. Just putting that out. When you have uh, that much money and power, you can get away with anything. Just look how much we had to dig up on Trump to get him arrested. <laughs> well, he's not even arrested yet. But. What um, was interesting about that moment is in the movie, you can tell that he's about to say Avada Kedavra, which is a spell that you only learn about in the fourth Harry Potter book. But I want to say that in the book, you don't actually, it doesn't describe what spell he's about to intone. So that was like a bit of like fun foreshadowing that only people in the movies got. Um, yeah. But yeah, pretty but fucked now, up remember, moment. You don't actually say the spell. You just, uh, like that's what Voldemort does. He stops saying spells. But no, Baldur's Gate 3 looks great. Um, they're talking about how they built the city of Baldur's Gate, which seems to be like the end point of the game. There's just cool stuff about it. It looks great. It's going to be awesome coming out this uh, August. Um, and that's it for Summer Game Fest for me, unless anyone remembered anything else. We'll move on to playtime, though, if you didn't. Mm, playtime, 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 playtime. We basically playtime. covered everything in summer. I know you said, hey, I don't think it's it's possible for us to cover everything. Pick I mean, your favorites, and we covered everything. To be fair, Chad, it's all because of you. It's because you're it's like, oh, man, you. I want this and I want this. You're like the guy that went to a buffet, and it's like, you're supposed to get the priciest stuff, but you're like, oh, man, I'll get jello cubes, and I'll get bread, and I'll get <laughs> jello Hello, oh, oh yeah, that was man. like next to the salads and stuff. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna move on to playtime though. Mm, Chad, uh, almost nothing new. Beat Saber, playing more of that, it's getting some cardio. I'm like halfway through the campaign now because you got to replay the campaign. It's super boring. It's like play this game on, play this song on easy, and don't get ten strikes on a ship. But uh, I discovered the Fallout Boy music pack. Which apparently has been out for a while, but their set—they're like playing a live show, live show, and there's like fans, and there's like flame effects and fire shooting at the stage, and all this kind of stuff. Like this game just looks so good, especially now on next gen. So very happy, very excited with that. Uh, more Destiny Two. Finally, fucking got an exotic bow from the fucking dungeon. Oh, there's this cool new thing on the new dungeon, Ghost of the Deep. There's this cool new thing that we found out you can do where you don't even have to fight the final boss. You can, like, before you even start the encounter, you can just, like, you shoot a grenade at her from this Wither Horde grenade launcher, and then you kill yourself. And as soon as you kill yourself, it actually starts doing damage to it over time. And then you just keep doing that over and over and over and over. And then after 20 minutes, the boss is dead, and you didn't have to do anything. After 20 minutes? <laughs> 20, well, I mean, the boss if, you, if you figure in the fact that, especially if you do this on, like, Master difficulty, which is, like, going to be really tough... 
if you figure in all the times that you probably are going to attempt it and wipe and die and all this kind of shit and you're not going to be good at it, et cetera, et cetera, like 20 minutes is looking real attractive. Hmm. I love what Destiny players are like, how do we break this game? Yeah. Well, so we Destiny breaks its own game in the, in our favor so often and then we try to things and then they fucking patch it. And then anything that we want is broken and they take forever to fix it anyway. So it's like this is us just getting back a little bit of what's ours. Hmm. Take back the night. But then I was playing some Diablo 4 with Jerrica and Audrey as well. Just, oh, interesting. Yeah. No invites. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you should have also been on the text thread that was just between the three of us and not you. Interesting. So How maybe, do I get in that text thread? Um, uh, sorry, it's iMessage only. It's, it's That's iPhones not true. Only. You could literally add anybody <laughs> to the message. I know you can. But we were playing Diablo 4. We finally beat Act 1. I'm loving my werebear. And that thing is a tank. And I'm, I'm so one you point are away. playing as a druid. Yes, I'm a druid. Okay. I'm one, um, one skill point away from unlocking the basically the thing that says, like, you get 20% more health when you're a werebear and you do 30% mm -hmm. more damage. And it's just like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm having a ton of fun with it. I have nice. been playing through Diablo 4's campaign as a barbarian, and I gotta say, I gotta say, I've been playing on World Tier 2, so I am making things a little bit more difficult for myself than they need to be. Most of the main campaign missions, not that bad. There's some bosses here and there that gave me a little bit of grief, but not too much. I find it incredibly difficult to complete any of the dungeons when playing solo, particularly once they get to the final bosses of them. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't know what it's been like for you. Maybe I'm just not optimizing my character's build very well, but I find the dungeons like incredibly tough on my own. I had to do there. Yeah, there were two dungeons. One of them I just abandoned entirely when I got to the boss. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to do it. The other one I abandoned and then came back to like two days later after I had leveled up and I got these wolves to help distract the boss too. And it was like, cool. And it was so much easier to the point where like, I, will, I don't think I used a single healing potion the entire fight. So I think it might just be because the it's not necessarily you need to level up because the game scales with you, but just getting more equipment and more skills um not you like get good build. skills but yeah unlocking yeah. new mm -hmm. stuff that like gave me better defense and that kind of shit yeah but I I, am... I'm, I'm right there with you where yeah most of the game i'm playing world tier 2 and it's fine and then yeah i get to those bosses at the end of the dungeons and I'm just like oh my god really yeah because i'm in act two i think nearing the end of act two or something mm -hmm. like that and i haven't had a again i only played co-op with chad once and then he cut me out of the text chain so i didn't know what he was playing you're you went to but, bed yeah, that was one <laughs> and time. And that was you giving up on the game forever in my eyes. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I haven't had too much trouble. Um, I also do feel like I have an optimized build. So, like, I'm the, the necromancer. And it's like my piece of equipment, it's like you literally have more summons than you're supposed to. Like, it adds more people. And I have my gold. Like, I have my ultimate, like, level 25 ability. Oh, those unlocked. golems look so, so freaking cool. They're so broken. I'm just, oh I just think Necromancer's broken, and I'm loving it. I just sit back, and then 17 guys do the work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and the golem literally can't die. Like, he literally cannot die. Um, So I'm loving Diablo. I'll keep on going. I just want to get the mount. I know that's, like... Act three or something like that. I'm just trying to get to that point because I want to ride my little horse around. But uh, I am. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I'm kind of at the beginning-ish of Act three. I don't know like how far in I am exactly, but that's around where I'm at. And I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm really enjoying 
the quality of the story and writing in this game. Maybe I was just feeling a little bit burned coming off of Tears of the Kingdom and how the story in that game wasn't really doing it for me, but like the quality of the writing here is like surprisingly top notch. Yeah. IMO. And those blizzard cutscenes. Ugh, those blizzard cutscenes are so oh, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. What level are you, Alex? Um, Do you know? Like approximately? Uh, I'm like 36, okay. I think. That's about where I'm. I'm a few levels under that. All right, very cool. And I think, and then I already talked about Lies of P, and then we've all talked about Diablo Four. So is that everything? That's all. That's I everything so. that anyone yeah. has ever played. Yeah, it's the yeah. only game that matters. Oh yeah, I have also been playing a little bit of. Um, what's the game night game? Not the game night game. The game. Axiom Verge. The, the Barf game. Axiom Verge. Yeah, I've been playing the first one over on my Vita. The first That's Vita right. game I've been playing in some time. Um, and so far, I think it's very redacted. Very, <laughs> very redacted. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, all right, well, next we'll move on to Xbox. Again, when we're recording this, it just ended a couple hours ago. We've had time to read it over. Um, again, of course, Chad has the biggest list out of everybody. You told me to put things in there, and I was taking notes as we went, and so I just copied Absolutely. and pasted it, and then you were like... Right. I'm not upset at you. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, but I guess, Chad, do you want to go first since you have all the big ones and the most <laughs> sure. biggest list? I will say of almost everything on my list, it, it, there there were no gameplay trailers for almost everything. It was all just like, mm -hmm. here's a moody CG trailer or something just to introduce the, how you're going to feel playing this game. And so like I was a little let down that there was so little actual gameplay that we saw in the whole conference. But it's like starting off the bat with Fable and seeing, you know, big giant person and then little person running around and chasing them. And then we see the next thing south of midnight and it's big giant person and there's a little person right next to them in the swamp. And it's like, oh man, giants are a thing this this year. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm excited for Fable just because of its pedigree and the that trailer. It, it has a, a kooky personality. It's got great writing. It looks like it's going to be fun, but again, yeah, we saw nothing from it, and I think it's going to be so far from release. Um, South of Midnight, it, Compulsion Games games. South of Midnight too. Sorry, r real quick, real quick on Fable. Yeah. Uh, I will say, shocked that this game opened the showcase. I had thought, even though Fable is being developed by. Playground Games, which is a very reputable studio, has worked on a ton of great stuff. I thought this game might potentially like be on the verge of becoming vaporware. So it was surprising to see it here in full force. I will say that was a fun trailer. I really like the whole like tiny person fighting a giant stuff. W one of my favorite moments from God of War Ragnarok last year was the fight with Angerboda's grandmother, where you're in like that giant kitchen. Mm -hmm. It is this what people want out of a fable four like tonally and like character wise because watching it i'm like i don't have any touchstones for like what fable should be and i don't know if this is like oh man this is like what a modern day version of fable should look like or if this is like kind of a different beast from what i remember the series being through trailers and osmosis back in the day now fable is always a little it's like goofy high fantasy yeah so this was basically exactly what like Fable One was specifically. Fable One and Two was very much mm -hmm. this exact uh, tone. Okay. Yep. 
Um, and then Xbox sucks. I have to say it because Dallas asked me to say it, and he's a patron over at patreon.com slash Fire, and I'm a corporate shill, and I will do anything for money. So, um, Hey, Chad, I'm also on the Patreon. Can you say Xbox rules? Uh, if you put it in the chat. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, For the I, future, you should you should ask Dallas to like subscribe to you in exchange for saying Xbox sucks. By the way, you shouldn't just give that out for free. Oh well, uh, he does. He does. I Is think. He? I don't know. Is he a Twitch? Dallas. The next time I say it, you have to subscribe on Twitch if you're not already subscribed on Twitch. Please do. Alex, I'm, I'm sorry, Adam, I'm seeing what you wrote here in the chat, and I just like, it doesn't agree with the core values of my human nature. Patreon so, like, redacted. Um, <laughs> taking, that, taking that money away. Gone South forever. of Midnight. This opened up, and I was confused because it's the exact same opening as uh, Wizard with a Gun from, from um, Devolver that came out the day before. And it's just some big demon thing playing a guitar in the swamp of Louisiana. And that's exactly how Wizard with a Gun opened. But then it turned out to be uh, a very different CG trailer again that looks like I'm really down with this art style. I'm really down with the stop motion like animation like style of it. Uh, again, we don't know mm. anything about gameplay or, or fucking anything about the game at all. But cool mood piece. Yeah, there was... <laughs> I have a little bit of information that came out afterwards. That it was, um, of course, it's American South. You know, obviously, we're in the bayou, that kind of a stuff. It's going to be a third-person action game where you, uh, Hazel is the name of the character, tracks down supernatural creatures uh, and an attempt to kill them and whatever. I'm with you. Is like, it didn't show a lot, but man, this art style, again, it's Spider-Verse, it's TMNT. Fucking love this art style. If the game actually looks like that, mm -hmm. again, it's just a trailer, who knows? But I fucking love that art style. Just like put it on anything. Literally anything looks better with that art style. So I am uh, I'm down for that. Yeah. This game didn't speak to me, but I do want to tip my hat to it because Compulsion Games is a Montreal-based studio. Ooh. In fact, when I was in college, uh, I forget who it was, but someone from Compulsion Games actually came into one of our classes and talked about We Happy Few, which was the game they were working on at the time. So that's pretty cool. And then the I do have to... Oh, sorry. Point out, yep. respawn name fire sucks. Uh, you know, said it in the chat. Dallas said it in the chat, so I have to say it now. I'm sorry. I'm a corporate. I'm a corporate show. Again, he should be just giving out. If he if he's already subscribed, he should be gifting subs to other people in exchange for. Well, not, the, the third thing is he has to create a bunch of fake Google accounts and sub to us on YouTube as well. That too. That too. <laughs> the third game at this Xbox thing, Star Wars Outlaws, which I think was like one of the biggest announcements that, again, another fucking CG trailer, but we know that it's going to be, it's a Ubisoft game. Uh, it looks like there's going to be some third person action adventure, probably going to be some, some smuggling, going to be some shooting, some pew pewing with some lasers and tasers. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can tell. Um, again, we know nothing else about it. Other than I we'll believe, probably see more at Ubisoft tomorrow. Yeah, we do, we get a full gameplay walkthrough at Ubisoft Forward. Perfect. So they will have gameplay tomorrow. Perfect. It looked good. I feel like the bar has been really raised on how good like a modern Star Wars game can be thanks to the Jedi Survivor games. So I feel like this game we'll, we'll see in a you know a very short amount of time just how good this game is, but. There are definitely some big shoes for it to fill if it's going to kind of live up to what we've already got. 
Yeah, I'm interested because Massive made the the Division, which are very good games, but obviously I don't think this is going to be a Division-style game. But they've made good stuff before, so let me see. You're cool. And the fact that they put a commander droid as the as the ally. Like, I love when they do that. They're like, That's the, That was the, is... like, K2SO one, right? Uh, well, no, it's the one that was in the ship with them. Um, it's a battle droid from, like, the prequel era. Gotcha. Uh, but just repurposed. And I love when they're like, hey, remember this old droid? He's a good guy now. <laughs> I love when they do that. So, that's fun. Another Chad-ass game still wakes the deep. We got like a 10 second trailer for this one. It's just, again, atmospheric, spooky looking stuff, but it's made by the Chinese room, which made Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, which is one of my absolute favorite games, walking simulators, fantastic, I love it, I love it a lot. So I'm in for anything that they do. Great music, always coming from them as well. And then Avowed. We got to look at Obsidian's Avowed again. This is still coming in 2024. I don't think that we got any other more concrete information than that but i am more intrigued and avowed than i was the first time that we saw it it does dallas texted us earlier he's like this kind of this looks like skyrim and i was like that that is a like a bad thing in my mind that it looks like skyrim because that's like jank and gross and boring but this actually looks colorful and magical and, and good so I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on avowed i am more intrigued on it now than i ever have been yeah the I thing mean, about be... oh go ahead alex you go I just want to say real quick, the thing about Avowed is this game was announced before Microsoft acquired Bethesda. And so at the time, it was like, okay, well, Microsoft's making its own Elder Scrolls-style RPG in lieu of owning Elder Scrolls. And then they came to own Elder Scrolls, and I think it was kind of assumed by some people like, well, maybe they might just shudder Avowed, because now there's no reason for them to have that if they have Elder Scrolls. And it seems like someone came to the realization that, like, y'all, the next Elder Scrolls game is quite a few years away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can still slot about in there and it won't create that much of a big difference. We also got maybe the least interesting trailer for Hellblade 2 that we've seen so far. We've seen a lot of Hellblade this 2 content. This trailer was just not very good. I'm going to no. say it right here, right now. Not good. No, it was... It was visually i think less impressive than any of the other hellblade 2 content we've seen action wise like nothing happened we just heard a bunch of voices while she looked around the cage the cave confused and then she knelt down in the water and the physics effect on effects on the waters and the rippling looked super fake and weird and it's like I, for a game that again this is again so i think 2024 is what they said and it's just like you've been working on it for so long and you use it as like a showcase piece for what the Xbox Series X will be able to do. And now it's just like, this is what you show? I They just need to release this game and it needs to be perfect. That's it. That's all it needs to be. Because the first game was so just incredible. perfect. <laughs> what I did appreciate, though, is like I, you could tell part of what made the first game so incredible is you play it with headphones and it's got that like right. binaural audio or whatever they call it. And you just hear shit all in your brain because of the psychosis. And I could definitely tell with my speakers on my TV, like they were doing that as well. Was like, oh, man. OK. OK. I get it. And my last thing here, we should probably save this to talk about last if you want to talk about your other stuff first, because they starfield sorry i went out of order but starfield was the last thing on my list yeah i was like yeah. which one do we know we skip over yeah i guess we do starfield last uh alex what's up with your stuff you took mine as well by the way. yeah uh surprise not surprise the three games that i want to talk about are the persona team games so of course uh we got persona 3 reload which is the persona 3 remake game that 
uh, got leaked well ahead of time by a social media manager that did not know what they were pressing on their keyboard. Um, looks really good. Uh, I'll definitely give it a shot. I will say I am a little bit disappointed that Persona 3 Reload is going to lack a lot of the content that was in Persona 3 FES, uh, uh, as well as uh, some of the new stuff that was introduced in the uh, PSP version, like the female protagonist option. Uh, on the same breath, uh, they have said that there's going to be like a lot of new content in the game as well. So I am looking forward to that. I don't expect something on the same vein as Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it's going to like go in a completely radically different direction than any of us expect. But uh, yeah, still looking good. Looking forward to it. Uh, we also got Persona 5 Tactica, which also leaked due to the same <laughs> uh social media managers uh unfortunate error um also looking pretty good what's surprising about this particular spin-off which is a like final fantasy tactics inspired uh persona 5 spin-off title is the fact that it seems like it's going to be xbox exclusive at least for the foreseeable future there have been many instances in the past of games that release exclusively on xbox and then gradually make their way to uh you know other consoles and whatnot so i don't think it's going to be exclusive forever it is just a little bit surprising considering that for so long i've associated the persona series as a you know playstation centric series or at least a nintendo centric series secondarily considering we've had stuff like the persona q games on the 3ds for example um, but definitely going to try it out all the same. Uh, and finally, we also got oh, Metaphor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's up? Oh, no, I just... Persona 5 looks really cool. Or Persona 5 Tactica or whatever. Tactica, I love yeah. tactics strategy games. Persona 5 is the best Persona. Um, it's a weird chibi art style. kind of reminded me of... Uh, what was it? The 3DS ones? Q yeah, or whatever? Persona Labyrinth. Q and Persona Q2. Um, which is an interesting take, but doing taking the best like group of characters and the best aesthetic and making a tactics game is a big plus for adam so mm. i am down for that i also don't i don't even think that it's going to be exclusive on day one i just think they're just not talking about it yet mm. like i would not be shocked if this came to playstation everything else this on the same day the, the the you know one thing that's a little bit disappointing about a lot of the persona spin-off games is a lot of them are like oh this takes place in a pocket dimension that's devoid of time and space anything can happen here for however long period of time it takes and it doesn't have any bearing on the wider persona story and that's always a little bit disappointing there are a couple of the persona spin-off games out there like the uh, persona 4 arena games which are actually sequels to uh, the mainline games and actually kind of follow up on where characters are at after the events of their mainline games. And I wish that more of the Persona spinoff games sort of fall in their wake. But I, I understand that the team's like, we don't want to convolute the timeline too much. Um, and the final game uh, that the Persona team showed off is a game that we've been waiting a very long time for that I feel like most people have forgotten about. Uh, Metaphor Re-Fantasio, uh, which six years ago was originally announced as Project Re-Fantasy. Um, at the time, I want to say this was like shortly after the release of the vanilla version of Persona 5. The team came out and was like, hey, our next game is going to be a non-Persona, like fantasy-based JRPG. And I think the implicit understanding at the time was this game will come out before we eventually get Final, uh, not Final Fantasy 6, Persona 6. Um, and it seems like that is still on track to be the case. Uh, 
again, it had been quite some time since we had heard of this game. I think a lot of people assumed uh, this might be vaporware at this point, but uh, nevertheless, it's here and it looks quite good. It will be interesting to see, like, what the personas team, what the persona team's take is on so many of these sort of classical fantasy elements we've seen time and time again in your Final Fantasy games, in your Dragon Quest games. You know, I think one of the kind of major like points of appeal of the Persona series is that so much of the fantasy stuff in those games like happens uh, on the kind of opposite coin side of like all this like very real very kind of grounded kind of like human emotional drama in you know very real cities in japan and it'll be interesting to see if they kind of like find a way to incorporate a lot of that very real kind of grounding into this largely fantastical experience i, I get the sense cool. that this game th this trailer didn't do much for either of you I'm sorry um, that it has such a bad name, by the way. Like, it, it is no, no due respect, but like, it is a really bad name. If they just called it Re Fantasy, that would have been fine. Meta, it's, it's a, uh, that's a name, isn't it? I'll be honest, yeah, with you, it I, is none, a name. Of, none of the Persona stuff. It, it just, it, it just doesn't catch my attention at all. And this looked very Persona to me, so I was like, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I was only interested in Tactica just because I like Tactics games. and But like even like the 3 remake didn't mean anything to me because I don't care about 3 specifically. But mm. I mean, it gets it's a thing if it's like, if those all come to Game Pass, maybe I'll try it. That's what got me to play the re-releases. So we will see. Um, all right, I'll go next just really quickly. Clockwork Revolution in Exile's next game. It's a really good studio. I like them a lot. It basically <laughs> looks like Steampunk Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, it looks like they took Bioshock Infinite and like Dishonored. Yeah, and, and squish and put them together. Yeah, let's squish them together and make their hands the normal size. <laughs> <laughs> you and these hands. You and these hands. I think what has cool. In Exile done before? Uh, they, did the they did the original Fallout games. They did Wasteland. So they made a lot of like top-down RPG kind of a thing. Okay. Okay. Um, it's so funny because they made the original two Fallouts, and then the, the IP people. Went worth pointing out the people that Microsoft. made the original fallout games founded in exile the original fallout games like yeah. the studio that made them was black black isle studio black isle which That's what it was. Yeah. went defunct many many years ago but it's a lot of those same people that got just funny to see to that come like we don't have fallout anymore we got bought by microsoft oh fallout got bought by microsoft we're all working <laughs> together again. that's fun um and then the next thing was uh phantom liberty Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty DLC, which looked cool. I really like that game. The things that came out afterward, I think, was the most interesting thing. Let's go cool. again. Idris Elba in a video game. Cool. Let's have fun with that. He Keanu wasn't Reeves on stage, again. though, which no, honestly was a big missed opportunity. You can't have Keanu and, and Idris in the same room because the world <laughs> will explode. <laughs> well, well, then just don't have Keanu there. Only Why have Idris Elba. He had his moment. <laughs> I was going to no. say, and I feel like, you know, no disrespect towards Keanu, but like the guy definitely operates on a much higher level when he has like an actual crowd to react with. Having to read like mostly off of a teleprompter the way he did in the press conference, it just was not very good IMO. Just disrespecting America's favorite son. Um, I'm not. I'm just saying he wasn't used to his fullest potential. That's all. He's perfect at all times, no matter what he does. Uh, I'm just messing with you. The thing that's most interesting about this game, I think the DLC was cool. 
was awesome. Basically, what I've been reading afterwards is that they completely redid or updated everything in the video game for the DLC. Like the entire way that the game works, all the skill systems that fucking like literally it's a brand new game once the DLC comes out, which they did with uh, Witcher 3. When the first DLC came out, they completely changed the combat and the UI. And then the same thing here. They're like, oh, we everything's different now whenever the steel seal comes out. So it's like you get a whole new area, a whole new story. And the main game is also going to be updated too. So I thought that was all really cool. And again, I'm excited for this because Cyberpunk is really cool. So there you go. Uh, that is it for Xbox. And, no, uh, no, we got to talk about... Oh, that's right. We got to talk about yeah, Starfield. We got to talk about Let's the go. best trailer almost in the entire... Like, I saw that Starfield trailer, the one they played in the middle of the conference, and I said... Is this going to be my game in the show? Like, am I, am I going to play this game and love it? And then they did the 45-minute press conference afterwards showing all the reasons why I'm not going to love this game. Um, but, man, that trailer was incredible. And the music is so good. And then, yeah, so the, the developer diary at the end, it was just like, they showed a lot of really cool things. They showed, like, the way that the planets are procedurally generated, but also how they're like crafted at the same time, how you can build out your ships for all these different things, how you can happen to run into people. But Chad, the, there are space cowboys. There are literal space cowboys. In this I know, video game. I know. But then, but then what they confirmed for me while I was watching is like, there's no reason to do any of it. And you're just exploring for exploring's sake. And that is hella boring to me. So I'll let oh. y'all talk about the rest of this and I'll, mm. I'll keep quiet. Here's the thing. I knew Chad was gonna like it no matter what. Because Chad's a hater and it's fine. No, no, it's <laughs> it's literally Chad's like I don't like open world games. Like, oh, this is the most open world video game. Uh, yep. So it's not gonna be your thing. But also, dude, I watched that forty five minutes. It's like, fuck, this looks good. The combat looks completely redone from the last time we saw. Last time we saw it was like it looks fine. Whatever. Combat that was impressive. Like, well, it actually, looks good now. I think. Yeah. I don't know if this is substantiated, but I think it's like it came in like a year ago. Like the people who made Doom and those games were like let's help you figure out your first person shooter stuff i don't know if that's true or not that's what i heard but uh no it looks great it, this is an adam ass video game it's like skills and fucking it looks like outer worlds all the cool rpg stuff from outer worlds and then the exploration stuff from no man's sky mixed with a classic fallout skyrim and then they just gave it a bunch of budget i'm like why do you just name adam's perfect video game that sounds great I'm very excited. And the trailer was cool, but then the 45 minutes was like, oh, yes, I am going to enjoy this very much. Yeah, this is one of those games that I know, you know, Dallas is big into, he's in the chat right now talking about me being a hater. He's really into those, like, getting lost in an Assassin's Creed Valhalla and spending 200 hours in it and also, like, never even coming close to the end of the game. And Matt is, like, obsessed with Fallout 4 and you love open world shit. And just like, I, I know that everyone's going to love this game and y'all are going to get lost in it and I'm going to have to figure out what I do for the entire month of September while y'all play it. This trailer <laughs> looked <could>. good. <laughs> this trailer looked good, but I will only play this game if the two of you come on the podcast and are absolutely ranting and raving about how great it is. I had a lot of fun back in the day with Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. I'm not super compelled by this, but that's just me. What my plan is, is to kick you two off and me and Dallas <laughs> can just talk about Starfield for like two weeks straight. Me and Dallas, let's do a Starfield podcast. It'll be great. Now, I mean, again, the game is, if you are that kind of person, I think you're going to love it. Like, you know if you're that person or you know if you're not that person. Um, so, again, I'm going to love it. I'm going to play it. Dallas going to love it. We're going to play it. Again, it looks like a Bethesda, like, making a space game, like, the best way possible. So, yeah. very excited. Very cool. 
Um, and that is it now, I believe, for everything we thought was interesting at uh, Xbox. I do want to make a joke about the name of that video game that you said no one will remember. Let's have that be a bit on the podcast. Was it Ju- oh, Ju- ju- just ju- I just said it like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. It's a climbing game. It actually did look pretty, but I, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to remember the name. Yep. Uh, so we'll go on and to no any one's going to pronounce re- it correctly for sure. <laughs> no, never, 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 never. Yes, thank you, Dallas Mean. You will do that. Uh, so we're going to move on to everything else. So this includes Devolver, Wholesome, Future Games, PC, yada, yada, yada. I have the most on this list because I actually care about video games and I'm not a poser like Chad. Okay, um, you already <laughs> had two on there and I was like, those are the only two that I cared about. So eat my butt. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Cozy, do you want me to go first, or do you want to do yours first? You go first. This one actually specifically is for you, by the way, the one I'm highlighting. Aw, thank you. You go first. Okay, so, first up, I don't remember all the names of these. I didn't write them down. I'm sorry. Well, we'll start with this one. Devolver Digital. Again, I'm a big Devolver Digital fan. I feel like their actual show wasn't the best. I I like Volvi, of course. Like, that was very fun. (laughs) The whole Volvi thing was just, like, absurd in such a weird, good Devolver way. Yeah, but I feel like they showed their best games that were, like, Plucky Squire was like, yeah, looks amazing. But yeah. they already showed that one. Wizard with a Gun was the one for me. I was like, oh no, again, we've known about this. Basically, it looks like if Cult of the Lamb was a twin stick shooter and you got a like, base built. And yeah, Bastion. Cult of the Lamb and go. Bastion. Strong Bastion vibes from this. Yes. It looks fucking dope. Like, that looks amazing. Like Devolver yeah. and Volvi, big, big time fans. So I'm very excited for Wizard with a Gun. I believe that's later this year. I didn't pull up a. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look I think it up. it's fall. Uh, very excited for that one. Uh, next for me was Lords of the Fallen, which is like the reboot sequel to Lord of the... I guess Lords of the Fallen is what it used to be called. Um, which is 2023, by the way. Just 2023? Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is a Souls-like game, um, but it looks like really cool, high budget. And what they showed in the trailer that I watched was like, okay, like you're obviously in this world, whatever. It's a Souls game cool boss fights, all that cool stuff. But then there you have a lamp, which allows you to go into like the dark world. I guess you don't think of Link or Legend of Zelda did it similar, but like you can hold the lamp or if you die, you go to like the Phantom Zone, which is like the exact same world, but different on the other side. So you can like, in this world, there's nothing there, but in the Phantom world, there's like a bridge of dead bodies you can go across. Um, and it's just really, really cool. Again, I'm down for soul stuff now that I'm the Elden Lord, so I'll have to check more of that stuff out. Um, Remnant 2 also had a trailer, which was the first one surprisingly very cool. Uh, it's like a co-op action adventure game, um, up to three people. Uh, it also is kind a, of Souls-like so, too, isn't it? Yeah. I, feel, yeah, I played a little bit of that. I can't remember. I think I played it with Matt and Holden. And I feel like there was something that like, maybe it was a sh- like a server... Like we made progress as a group, but then if we tried to play solo, we didn't have that pro- like that progress didn't carry over. But like only it did for whoever was hosting it or whatever it was. And yeah. it, anyway, I enjoyed the gameplay of that game, but yeah, it's a fun game. Again, yeah. I'm just paying attention to this because the first one was like it's fun, especially if you get a group. So I'm interested for Remnant too. And the last thing, which was shown at the PC gaming showcase, which is always a joke, they're like they have a PC gaming showcase, but this is like I believe it was a bumper like to start the show like it's not even like its own trailer i didn't even watch this one because i was out having sex with so many people because i'm not a loser oh wow (laughs) that's what you did this was only like an hour ago we were here talking but no (laughs) citizen sleeper 2 again unceremoniously like they could have put that in any of well i think they could have looks great i'm very excited for it um 
I just love Citizen Sleeper, and then we got an announcement for a sequel only like a Hell year yeah. afterwards. I, I still uh, need that's to on PlayStation, right? I think yeah. it's already on. Well, the first one's on play. Yeah, yeah. It originally right, launched on Xbox and came to PlayStation, which I was about to say. I still need to replay that game on PlayStation because you know I want that platinum trophy. Get that platinum. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of shocked that the the sequel is coming out this soon after the release of the original game. I mean, it's not like it's not like the original game was like that like intensive technologically of an experience so i suppose it's probably not that I gotta difficult look if it's up the not date reinventing the it, wheel if that's this year that's insane but i don't know if they have a date or they just announced that they were doing it citizen sleep um, is on playstation and it's six and a half hours why have i not beat this yet we told you multiple times during last year's I game know, we i know i know eat my ass stop telling me to do <laughs> <laughs> um it doesn't I can't see anything about a release date. I'll keep looking, but I'm very excited for Citizen Sleeper 2. It's because sure. PC players don't care about release dates. There's like, when can I get into the broken version of it and pay for it later? <laughs> Let's go on to your game. So, My game? I don't have a game. No, he's referring so to me. Cozy, cozy. So I went skimming through the various other showcases to see if there were any other games of interest I wanted to talk about. Uh, for the most part, no. I, I miss Citizen Sleeper, and I would have brought that up if I had seen it. However, at the Future Games show, there was a game that caught my eye by the name of Enchanted Portals. Have either of you heard of Enchanted Portals before? I've seen the thumbnail for the trailer from the link that you put in the doc. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen it, but I didn't click on it. Yeah. You don't have to watch a whole lot of it. Click in on the video and scrub to like the halfway mark and just watch some of the gameplay. In is this, this a cuphead? Game. It is a blatant <laughs> cuphead knockoff right down to like the way that the characters walk the <laughs> gameplay the art style the like themed bosses that have multiple phases where they like will just change as they gradually get more and more damage and i just saw this and i was like this is like i hats off to this developer for just being like hey people liked cuphead cuphead takes a real long time to develop let's just make our own if you google Honestly the enchanted portals and just click images there is a picture not too far down that just says in big capital letters this is not a cuphead ripoff <laughs> <laughs> but honestly like more people need to do that if someone made a cool idea and like no one really did it as well like, yeah to do the thing like it's not like obviously we know you're inspired by it that's fine if you make a good version nobody cares yeah. um as long as it's good so like i'm, I'm down for that and I, I said it jokingly a moment ago, but like real talk, it took so long for Studio MDHR. Is it MDHR? Did I get that right? Sounds right. Uh, that sounds case, right. MGM Studios. MGM Studios. It took so <laughs> long for MGM Studios to develop just the DLC for Cuphead, DLC Island. And so if another studio is like, hey, we know these games take a long time to develop. We're going to make one of our own to fill in the gap. Like, good on you, man. Good on you. I just thought yeah. that it was it was really funny to come across this game and be like, wow, like they're not even trying to kind of hide what they're going for. Dallas in the chat saying Starfield's locked to 30 frames per second on console. Yeah. Zero out of 10. Xbox sucks. Yep, awful. You know, <laughs> it is 4K, though, 30, but uh, 1440 yes, on Xbox Series S, which also we didn't talk about this like. For some reason, they're still making Xbox Series S's, and they're just like, let's release another one that's more expensive, but you get more storage. Like, 
It's They're got a losing on so it. much money on that console. Are they? I feel like they sell a lot of them. No, I mean, I, but I mean, I think it came out last year that they were losing like a hundred dollars. Like they're they're selling them at them? a loss. Yeah. Well, fuck it. <laughs> Keep putting them out there like <laughs> flapjacks. Uh, but I think that's everything. Besides, um, yeah, that's basically all the showcase stuff. That's it. That's all of them. Look at us. We've made it big time. Chad, did you have a, se- I segment, have a segment from Adam? Yeah. A segment from Adam? A segment from Adam? All right, so basically, this is real simple, real easy. We're going to do it for the big two. We're going to do a compliment sandwich. Excuse me, the big three. We're going to have a, a thing that we liked, a thing that could be improved, not a, not a, I hate this, this sucks, Chad, and then another compliment what? at the end what? for each of them. I'll go ahead and start. And again, this is for PlayStation, Summer Game Fest, and Xbox Showcase. PlayStation, Helldivers 2 is really cool. Compliment, the part you can improve on, I want to know what's coming in the future. Besides the the game from Haven Studios, which was this easy trailer. And then at the end, everything looked really cool. That was my compliment sandwich for PlayStation Showcase. Helldivers 2. I want more <laughs> about the future of PlayStation. Everything looked cool, though. I, can't I love that the bread was like, one game looked cool, and also all the others looked cool. <laughs> they all looked very cool to me. I'll say that. Um, Chad, you got one for somebody? Uh, are we doing it for each one, or are we just like picking a just picking whatever? A you just throw one out if you want to do one. Just have, we're making sandwiches over here. We're artists. Mm-hmm. Let me let me think on it. Or if Alex, you got one? Yeah, I'll, I'll do one for the Xbox showcase. I, I liked it. all the Persona team representation at that showcase. They could have just stopped at Persona Three, and most people like me would have been satisfied with just that. The fact that we got Tactica and that long lost fantasy game along the way is really good. Um, I'm still waiting to hear a little bit more from what some of Bethesda's other studios are up to. It feels like outside of, uh, the Starfield team, we really have not heard a lot of what the other studios at that, uh, company have been up to as of recent. Um, and I will say that I like that Compulsion Games is from Montreal. There we go. Very nice, very nice. I've right, got here's, here's my Xbox Game sandwich. Oh, okay, go for it. Oh, no, you do your Xbox one. Go All for right, it. my Xbox sandwich is, uh, I appreciate it so much that, I, I, I don't know if it was every game or almost every game was like on Game Pass or launching on Game Pass. Like that is, mm-hmm. like, that still baffles me at how they're making money on that and despite the value that it provides. Um, I wish I knew more about what was coming out anytime soon and what it looked like to play. Because there was a lot of stuff that was 2024 or no date at all. And it was just like, here's a CG trailer. And then at the end, it was like, thanks for thanks for showing me a cool Star Wars game. Even though it's not even like an mm-hmm. Xbox thing. It's just like, we want to preempt Ubisoft saying like that. I'm, I'm very into that. And now I'm super intrigued. I was not interested in Ubisoft forward. I probably wasn't even going to watch any of it. But now I'm like, oh, they've got Star Wars stuff now? And it looks good? Yeah. Like, I definitely yeah. want to watch... The Prince of Persia and the Star Wars trailers now, at least. Like, I'm yeah. interested. Uh, and Mirage. So I guess there's enough at Ubisoft. All right. So for me, for Summer Game Fest, number one, thank you for not having me like four hours long. Right. Oh, Amazing, my God. Jeff. Oh, my God. Let's keep doing that. I'll go ahead for the other piece of bread because the, the bad one is very stupid and very specifically me. <laughs> um, honestly, like, thanks for putting on like a knee three replacement. Like, I would... Overall, if you think about all announcements and everything show, I think Summer Game Fest was the best out of those three. And it feels like the most like this is what a gaming showcase that we would initially or that we would equate with E3 would be, right? It's like big announcements, big surprises, 
talk to a developer for a little bit cool it feels like that and the bad it was just like where the fuck is flintlock like why jeff Keeley? why are you hiding flintlock from me that game was supposed to come out in spring of this year i haven't heard anything about it why are you playing with me jeff Keeley? where's my flintlock speaking uh i forgot we ran a poll after summer game fest we ran a poll uh what is your what is your temperature check on summer game fest and we had 17 percent say hype 42 percent of people most the majority said it's good 33 percent said it's boring and only eight percent hated it hmm. not too that. bad i'd agree with that it's definitely on the upper end for me i thought it was like yeah I mean, there was still, of course, corny stuff and bad stuff, but overall, it was like Final Fantasy, ending with Final Fantasy Rebirth, like, that's the way you do a trailer. Um, Nicholas Cage, I, I think, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> I, I think that the Jeff Keighley Summer Game Fest showcase definitely benefited from coming after that pretty disappointing PlayStation 1. I think that if it, if it had not followed such a disappointing showcase, we may not have been as complimentary of it, but... That's just yeah. Me. If PlayStation was like, here's Ghost Two and like all those single, all the things that we're expecting, and had a Spider-Man release date also, then it would have been like, well, PlayStation really kicked ass. So like, what are you gonna do? But because they only showed Spider-Man, really. If anyone's got some bread, bread, I've got some like bad Nicolas Cage meat. Like that gameplay from Nicolas Cage looked bad. <laughs> like, like all right, here's how it fun. looks like to play in Dead by Daylight. And then she's like this awful character model that looks nothing like Nick Cage, just running around looking scared a lot. <laughs> it does not look great, but it is fun that he's in there. I'll give him that. But no, I don't. I mean, I'm not a Dead by Daylight person, so I'm not going to speak on the video game. Didn't look great, but whatever. All right, that's my segment. We made some sandwiches. This time for Game On Game Show, the Game On Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game On, the Gaming Show on Our Game Show. Game, 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 game. This week, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt around a particular game that has commanded a lot of attention called Starfield. So we are playing a game, looking back on Bethesda Game Studios game, saying, it's called, are Bethesda games good? So that's the that's the game this week, and this is a, a series of of games that we've played before, where we just kind of guess what the Metacritic is of these games to see how it compares with the actual reception of these games. Um, I to- just want to say real quick that I always mm-hmm. really enjoy this game on game show segment. It is always so interesting to see how our opinions of these games, our personal kind of like views of how people perceive these games, match up against reality. Yeah, and I think you like. Didn't you nail it last time? Or was that Alec? We played this with Alec with Resident Evil, didn't Alec, we? Alec Bobko literally had a perfect Yeah, he literally score. got it, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. which was insane. Apparently also didn't realize Resident Evil is one of the most beloved gaming franchises yeah, of all time. Right? Like, I knew people liked it, but I didn't know they, like, they thought it was the greatest of all time, which is what it was. So, um, so to clear things up, there's Bethesda Softworks, which is the, like the publisher that publishes a lot of game studio stuff we are going to be talking about bethesda game studios which is the developer of your favorite franchises like elder scrolls fallout etc so i've got here nine games we're going the metacritic for them goes back as far as oblivion so that's where we're starting Mm-hmm. And we're okay. only hitting the major releases. Like we're not hitting every piece of DLC for Fallout. We're not hitting like those kind of things. We're hitting the major releases or the major game releases, just no DLC included. Um, so nine games. I will read you the name of the game, the year it came out, and you try to guess what the Metacritic score. This is the aggregate score 
from critics. This is not the user score. And for a game that had multiple um, platforms, this is the highest rated platform is the score that I chose. Okay. So we will start, because Alex loves this so much, we're going to let him go first. Starting with Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Came out in 2006. Alex, what do you think that scored on Metacritic? Unfortunately, I've never actually played this one. Um, it's tough, because I feel like it was only when Fallout 3 released that people really jumped on the Bethesda bandwagon and were like, oh man, these guys make some good open world games. Whether or not nowadays you think Fallout 3 is all that compared to some of their other titles. Um, and I do feel like there was a little bit of hand-wringing over the fact that uh, some people felt like 4 wasn't as good as The Elder Scrolls 3. All that being said, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an 88. 88? All right. Adam, what is your guess? Uh, I was going to actually say 88, so I'll say 87. 87. The actual Metacritic score is a 94. Oblivion Ooh, got a 94. Wow. I knew it was beloved. I didn't know how it would do on Metacritic, though. It's interesting. Yeah. interesting. So right now, Alex is winning with six points away. Adam, you're seven points away, so you're still I close. guess, you know, that game released very soon after the launch of the Xbox 360. I can see how, for a lot of people, it was like, wow, I've never played an RPG this expansive before on a home console. Now, I, I can see how that probably gave it a huge bump back in the day. Yeah. All right, Adam, you're up. The next one is Fallout 3 in 2008. 93. 93. Alex, what do you think? I'm going to go and give it a 94. 94. The correct answer. The Metacritic score for Fallout 3 is a 93. Congratulations, Adam. Wow. Got an A minus. You're catching up now, Adam, with there that one point difference now. Actually, you're both tied now. We're tied now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next game, 2011, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Alex, what do you think this one got? Skyrim is the original release. None of the like actual yeah. re-releases. Skyrim is one of those games that over the years people have really come down harshly on for not being as deep as it is expansive. But back in the day, man, this was a hot commodity. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to put my finger down on a 96. I'm going for it. 96. Adam, what is your guess? 95. This was literally the biggest game in the world when it came out. Like there was no doubt about that. The actual score for Elder Scrolls Skyrim is the highest rated Bethesda Game Studios game with a 96. Ooh, there we go. There so we Alex, go. Congratulations. Right you hit on that one on right on the head. Yep. Which lets you know every other game will not be as high as that one. So that gives you a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a guess there. 98 <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Adam, you're up with Fallout 4 2015. Four. People were a little bit hard on this one, but I don't think they were that hard on it. I'm going to say, let's go 89. 89 for Adam. Alex, what is your guess? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Adam kind of nailed it. Like, yes, people were hard on this game, but I think in the moment when people first reviewed it, like people were just jazzed to have Fallout back. I'm going to go with a 91. 91. 
The actual score on Metacritic is an 88 below oh, both of oh. you. Okay. We're uh, very good at this game this time. Yeah, yeah, you're getting pretty good. You're getting pretty good. Uh, Adam, you are still winning by one point. All right, cool. Alex, 2016, a lesser recognized game, but one that was still played a lot, Fallout Shelter, specifically the PC version. They did not do the iOS version. Uh, I'm going to go with a 79. 79. Adam? I played a little bit of this game on my Switch, by the way. I thought it was very okay. They also yeah, did not a- do the Switch version. They only did the PC version. Just the PC version. I remember this people liking this game, but then it's also like it's a mobile like idle game. So how high would it really go? I'm gonna say 83. 83. The actual score is a 63. Really? I'm shocked that it is that low. They did Holy not hell. like it. Interesting. I remember everyone playing it though. Like, yeah, all my yeah. Were, like, everyone was playing it for a while. I was like, oh, what does your shelter look like? Tell me all, all about your rooms and shit. I will say, I feel like they handled the announcement of this game really well. Years ago, we gave Blizzard so much crap for coming out and announcing that one Diablo game for iPhones. What was it? Diablo Immortal. Diablo Immortal. And then, like, having nothing to follow it up. I remember this game being, hey, we're here to announce Fallout Shelter, and now let's talk about Fallout 4. Right. Like, nobody walked away from that conference being like, oh, man, it sucks that they talked about the mobile game. But exactly. I guess we they can were stop like, them from Fallout 4 is coming in it. a few months. Here's something you can play right now to hold you over. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's... This is uh, Adam again, right? Yeah, I believe it's me. Adam. Doom VFR. Doom oh, VFR. This is the PC and PlayStation VR Doom game. 81. 80. Oh, sorry. And this was 2017 was the year on this one. 81. Alex? I'm going to go with a solid... I'm going to go with 79 again. 79. The correct answer is 71. 71. Hmm. There you um, go. People I, do I was not about to remark, I feel like I haven't heard of this game in quite some time. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I do know that for future games that we do this, I was doing research on like best reviewed PSVR one game. Like I think it was do it for Fantasy Critic because I was gonna draft the Horizon game. And like the highest that they go is like eighty five. Oh on, really? Like, VR games. Yeah. Like that's like the peak. So I'm like, if it's not like the best of the best VR games, people are just like, I, I have no fucking clue. It doesn't go above eighty five. Is all I remember. Maybe Beat Saber, but that'd be it. All right, Alex, Fallout 4 VR 2017. This was developed by them specifically for PC. VR mode for Fallout 4? Just on PC. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've been highballing a lot of these. I'm going to be adventurous. I'm going to say 73. 70 flat. 70 flat. People liked it. More than you thought. 78 was the actual Metacritic score on that one. Okay. Right now, Alex, you are winning by eight points. Oh, no. Adam, let's make it up here. 2018, Bethesda Game Studios released Fallout 76. Yeah. What was the the highest score across all platforms for Fallout, Fallout 76? 
that's the thing. At launch, these scores are going to be pretty low compared to, you know, over time, a lot of people like stuff. So I'm going to say at launch, we're going to go crazy. 67. 67. Alex. I'm going to go 65. 65. The actual score is 53. Alex is still winning by 10 points now. We have one final game where you can earn your keep, uh, Adam. Here we go. Alex, are the final game, 2019, Elder Scrolls Blades, the iOS and Switch game. Which, uh, 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 the highest of all platforms, what score was that, Alex? Man, this game, talk about a game that came and went. Uh, I'm going to go with 64. 64. Adam, what is your guess? 55. 55. The final score of the entire game is won by one point. So the winner has won by only one point. Interesting. The Metacritic of Elder Scrolls Blades is 42. That was the highest wow. scoring of the two platforms. <laughs> uh, Adam, you have guessed a total of 74 points off. Alex, you were only 73 <laughs> points off from the total. Wow. So, Alex, you have won the game. Whew. In general, if you take the average of all of the... Uh, Bethesda Game Studios games that we've listed here, and you take the average at 75.3 repeating is the average Metacritic score. Alex, you guessed an average of 81. Adam, you guessed an average of 80. So it seems like we seem to think that they are better than they actually were received. Um, well, so. I mean, to be fair, like, we're talking about like some of the highest rated games we've ever done on this segment side by side with like some of the lowest games <laughs> we've yeah. ever yeah. done. On this yeah, segment. they started real high up in 2006 and 2011 and they just fell off. Like what oh, what man. is it? I don't know how hard the math is. What is it if you get rid of the bullshit? Like get rid of the mobile, get rid of the VR games and we just do like so the AAA releases. Uh getting rid of VR, the PC and Elder Scrolls Blades. Yeah, get rid of uh, Fallout Shelter, get rid of the VR games, just do like Elder Scrolls 4, Elder Scrolls 5, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, like what is so that? So then, yeah, there are five games left. There are, It's 94, 93, 96, 88, 53, counting Fallout 76, with an well, average, score, <laughs> average score of 84 at that point, but you all both yeah. have an 86-ish that you're guessing there as well. Mm-hmm. What happens if you get rid of Fallout 76? If you get rid of Fallout 76, then the average score becomes 92.75. But yeah. at that point, they haven't released a game in eight years. That's true. So I don't want to... <laughs> I hate being this person. I like when studios do their own thing. But specifically, when we're talking about Bethesda. Why don't you stick to the single-player RPGs? Because obviously, right? that's your bread and butter. So, like, let's, you know, let's stick here, right? buds. Let's not do these mobile fucking VR bullshit. It is <laughs> still... <laughs> Like, I am still shooketh that Elder Scrolls Blades was that bad. Like, I, I remember the, oh, the yeah. whole deal that was with that the game. Switch it, version. The that iOS was, um, version was like 20-something. 
that was a very similar situation to Fallout Shelter, where it was like, hey, we're announcing this game, but we're closing out the show with the announcements of Starfield and the next Elder Scrolls so that people don't leave the show feeling dejected. But like a 40, what was it, 45? 42. 42. Like that is like abysmal. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm looking at some mm -hmm. of the reviews here. Yeah, oh, for the blades or for whatever. For blades on Nintendo Switch, yeah. Oof. It's got to be pretty bad. It is okay. To be fair, it is heavily skewed by one one of the thirteen reviews is from a a publication called Digitally Downloaded. They gave it a zero. No, I don't think any game is a zero. But yeah, the rest but, of them were still not good. Like I was going to say, <laughs> I'm Nintendo Life gave reviews. it a 30. Yeah, 3 out yeah. of 10. IGN yeah. 5.4. Not great. Yeah. Not great, not great. All right. That's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 311? 10? 11. 311 of Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, you have homework, as you always do. Even though it's the summer, kids are out, everyone's naked, you still got to do your homework. Patreon.com slash respawn. You guys don't get naked for the summer? I, I suppose we do now. That's the thing. <laughs> Patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. You can go there and vote on what barf games we play each month. Your vote is heavily weighted there compared to the Twitter poll. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game. A game that we all want to play that we haven't played or something like that. A retro game, classic, whatever it might be. This month, it is Axiom Verge. That old Metroidvania uh, coming out on... Uh, it was all made by one guy, right? Thomas Happ. Thomas Happ made that game by himself. We, who, by the way, we very briefly mentioned in the installment of Rafferty that we did, which you can go and watch right now if you subscribe That's to right. us over on patreon.com slash fire. That is right. There is an exclusive episode up for the month of June, uh, Rafferty 2, Electric Boogaloo, on patreon.com slash fire. There will be another exclusive game show for the month of July, and on July 1st, of Rafferty 2 will come out to everyone on podcast services and YouTube. So go go get early access there on Patreon and do all sorts of cool things, etc. etc. No doubt. That's it. Alex, thank you so much for joining us again. Where can people find thank you in case they would like to follow your antics and your bicycle your bicycling and your eating? Well, well, you know that I have to eat and bicycle a whole lot. Uh, you can find. Well, I saw me you over... eating something at like a Japanese restaurant. There's a long line or something like that. It was a Japanese like street food festival that was happening in old Montreal, in like the old port area. Uh, you can find pictures of my excursions, like the one that I just mentioned, over on Twitter at Alex Kazina, A L E X K O Z I N A. Dope, Adam. Where can we find the end of? the series that you've been doing and what is it called the end of it all the end of all things as they were uh you can catch us isle of misfit rolls on podcast services and youtube uh twitch on tuesday nights at misfit rolls uh as we close out our campaign season and series finale coming very soon dope and you can find the end of me in a song called The End of the Innocents by Don Henley from the 1980s. <laughs> Is that a real thing? It's it's actually The End of the Innocents. Oh, in a, well, in a sense, enough. like the noun form of, of being innocent. Uh, but as kids, you go we all to... thought it was about Don Henley wanting to kill us. <laughs> if you go to Enosburg in Vermont, you can sometimes see me there during the weekends where I decide to go visit Vermont. Dope. 
we'll all go there and a big giant uh, confluence of of live streams will happen to go there in Vermont and then the whole world will all become jello cubes. And that's our usual sign off. <laughs>